Hi, I'm Shruti. And I'm Julie. And this is a podcast of convenience. It's been a million years since we recorded, so sorry for the two and a half people that listen to this. But they're like the two and a half of like our best friends who listen to this, so it's true. genuinely, we're sorry for not giving you bonus content to the book club. People like in my life listen to this now. I have like friends that I know in Oregon that listen to this and like then talk to me about it. It's very that's weird. Super, that's super exciting though. Hi, expected, Oregon friends. I expected nobody to ever listen to this ever, ever. Not even like our loved ones. My mother listens to this. She's our follower on Instagram. She follows us on Instagram now. I was going to say, hi, Mrs. And I don't know if you want your last name on this at any point. So I'm like, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, it's not my last name. You can blast her on the internet. Oh. No, don't blast her on the internet. I'm totally I'm like, kidding. <laughs> I'll dox her right now. Dox my mom. <laughs> no, let's not dox my mom. Hi, no, Joanne. We can use her first name. Oh, that feels wrong. Yeah. It, I don't know why I did it either. I can't say that, but you know who you are. And hello. <laughs> you know who you are. And we will um, dox you today. Who is your friend that texted you that I was their new friend? Uh, my friend Ari decided that you're best friends now because she likes the funny words you say on the internet. That's dope. What's up, Ari? We're friends now. <laughs> I've never met you. Hopefully I'll be able to come out to Oregon in the next couple of years and actually meet you in person. Yeah. And, and um, then you'll steal her from me. Joanna, our number one fan. Oh, Hello. We have a lot of fans. And Billy, who's been texting us nonstop Billy about Ravensong. And Jeanette and Janine. Yeah. Our J name friends that listen They're to us. Like, we have fan mail. We're going to read some of we it. We are going to actually read an email. I'm so excited. I'm, I call it fan mail. I'm calling it fan mail. We have fans. <laughs> so it's been like two months, three months. Yeah. You moved. October, November. It's December now. You moved away. Yeah, I live here now. I am in a pillow fort that I created for myself as a quasi place to record. It's like the closet, but um, built out of a quilt and chairs and pillows. It looks cozy. It is. It's very cold right now. So it's actually very warm in this little quilt den. It's fucking cold here, too. It's killing me. It snowed today at work, Shruti. Not a fan. No, me neither. I'm going to New Hampshire in like two days, and it's like very very cold out there you're gonna die probably you're so complaining small. when it's like 55 degrees in the morning and i'm like oh my god the chill in my bones <laughs> you're, i mean you're small you're gonna die it's snowy i'm so like but it'll be great because i like um evan's family quite a bit may they never find us <laughs> <laughs> may they never find us amen <laughs> <laughs> everyone else can find us just not anyone um in my family yeah. Could you imagine your like mother-in-law listening to this? <laughs> it would be so bad. Ooh, nope. Oh, don't don't jinx me like that. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> she would think so little of me. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Evan's mom is pretty cool. She's a pretty like hip. I think my mom, if it wasn't me doing the talking, even wouldn't hate this. But because it's me, she can never she, know. She doesn't like it when I say curse words. And when you talk about various sexual acts on. Breed on a podcast kink. breeding i was gonna say breeding king too that's the first thing yeah. that comes to mind is it's the gnarliest thing we things. talk about yeah <laughs> i think you call the the aliens vibrating walking sex toys <laughs> is what you call them <laughs> so that's what they are um not, not wrong. wrong so in the last like three months two months i've moved i'm here now back in southern california i have started 
This is arguably a very big mistake that I have become the social media manager of our podcast. No, you're doing awesome. It is not what I thought because I feel like when we went into this podcast, I was like, I want to be part of a book community that maybe may not exist. Turns out it does exist and it's really intense and I was not prepared. Um, I think because we're kind of laid back about it. We just want to like hang out and read yeah. books and chit chat. Yeah. And people are like, if you don't like Breeder Kink, get out of here. And I'm Wait, like, have people Whoa. actually been contacting you? No, not me specifically. And I'm almost oh. kind of grateful for it because I'm so intimidated. Um, but there are like just the, the romance community is very intense. And I wasn't expecting that. Because, like, I started reading romance when I was young, and it was shamed. I was shamed so hard <laughs> when I was in high school for just even liking the concept of a romance novel. And now people can be really open about it. Yeah, and they're, like, really open about it. And I'm like, Our, uh, that's cool. That's great. But I'm Good scared. For them. Yeah. I'm old and I'm scared. But I'm out here. So I'm going to give you our handles so that you can find us. So on Instagram, we are at Pod of Convenience. And on TikTok, we are, which again is also terrible. Like, why am I doing TikTok videos? <laughs> You're I doing feel great so, TikToks. I feel so exposed. You did but, that thing where you put your eyes in your mouth on an inanimate object and had it react to something. And that was like such a TikTok thing that I was like, ah, that's TikTok. Are you proud of me? <laughs> I'm actually super proud of you. I, I was like, I couldn't have even fathomed that. I couldn't have found that sound and then utilized it to my advantage. I'm old. I'm also old, so it's definitely, like, a process of, like, learning what people want to see. And I've learned what they want to see is cats. So I, I might mean, bring Chi-Chi, our cat, back on the TikTok. But we are at Pod of Convenience, and we have 20 followers on TikTok. So hi to you guys. And I don't know if any of you are actually going to listen to this. But if you do, thank you. Because <laughs> I'm on a social media campaign and Twitter is arguably the scariest one. <laughs> That's the one social media that I never got back on after I started because I was like, too scary, too scary by far. People are like, people are like, I don't want to judge anyone on Twitter, but oh my God, it's a lot. No, you just have to be thick skinned to be on Twitter and I'm not that. I'm very delicate emotionally. <laughs> I have therapy at eight. I'm very delicate. Tonight? Um, yeah, tonight. Oh, we got to record quick then. Oh, no, it's only six. Wow, look at us. We're yeah. on our shit tonight. Yeah, and two days I'm flying. So I'm like, I got my schedule down. I still managed to work overtime today. I am prepared. Every minute of my day is compartmentalized. That's not good. No. You're saying it like it's a good thing, but it's <laughs> no. not. That's I'm high in, school street I'm again. in control. <laughs> yeah, control. no, that's, what? that's what I did. So I'm having people over for Christmas dinner, like more people than my immediate family, which is what I've historically done. Um, but I'm having a few friends over, too. And like Billy's coming to visit and stuff. Um, it ended up being like 10 or 11 people. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I got on Google Docs and I like made myself a document and I have like all the items I'm making with like links embedded in the words to the recipes that I'm making. And then underneath them in like a spreadsheet format is all the ingredients that I need to buy. And then at the bottom is the length of time it will take. And therefore, when I need to start each dish, like I went insane. With I'm the starting to of get, cooking. I'm starting to get turned on by you describing the spreadsheet. <laughs> No, I mean, I love it, but I also felt like a little psycho doing it because no, I was like, you're, you're turning into me. <laughs> I, I mean, I've always I'm been sorry. a little bit crazy. Every time you're like, Julie, you are a Virgo. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, you really are. Um, anyways, on Twitter, we are at Pod of Con.
You had to look up each of our handles. Yes, because they're all a little bit different. At Pod of Con is our Twitter handle. So find us, please. Be nice to us on Twitter. I'm, I'm so delicate. Be nice to Shruti. I'm not on these things. I honestly really wish you would just make a TikTok so I don't feel so exposed with my face on the internet. I just, if you literally write and like script one for me and tell me what to do, I'll do it. I'm not creative in that way, in, t- in the TikTok way. Okay, I have some ideas, and I will see if you are are willing to join in. Should we, like, workshop TikTok right now? Probably not. That's not what people came here for. <laughs> we'll do this later. We, we should maybe yeah, briefly mention the book, at least, before we start doing that. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so we came here to talk about a book. The book is called Emergency Contact by, the name is under it, post it. I know it, but I don't want to mess it up, by Mary H.K. Choi. Yeah, And this is a YA book. I didn't know it was a YA book. I have never felt older than when I was reading this book. Like, I read YA novels, like, semi-frequently, and I enjoy them. But, like, this one, for whatever reason, just, I I was like, this is not for, like, this was not written for me, clearly. Nor I. (laughs) (laughs) So, this summer, we read uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue. And that was my first inkling that I don't think I can really read YA anymore, because I'm not a YA anymore. And this is my second. You're just an A. I'm just a, I'm an M.A. I'm a middle-aged. M.A. Rated M.A. for mature content. <laughs> um, I feel like that was the dumbest joke that you laughed at, but thank you. <laughs> I got a kick out of it. Um, we're not YA anymore. I mean, we're Y-ish, A, but we're not. We're definitely, no, dude, I just turned 32 this week. That, okay, There's no and, Y and anymore Plenty of people it. will be like, oh, you think 32 is old, you psycho. And No, I don't think it's old, but I think it's too old for this. It is too old for this. That's, I'll agree with you there. I felt too old for yeah. this. I felt too old for Red, White, and Royal Blue. I felt too old for this, and which is also interesting because now I'm trying to get into the social media stuff, and I'm starting to realize that a lot of people in the book talk slash book blogging community, they're all like college age or young 20s. Which is yeah. why I think a lot of like book talk recommendations don't necessarily resonate for me as much. Because I'll read them and I'll be like, I'm I'm not in college. And when I was in college, this type of book would have really been like A plus for me. You know, right? I would have been in this. I would have been crying. Totally. It been Empirically, I know that me from 10 years ago would have cried. So that's because us from 10 years ago was we're, we were this girl exactly oh yeah exactly uh, like exactly her. like almost a self-insert character to the point where i'm it's, like i hate her <laughs> okay i was like uh, i don't want to insult this author because there are parts of this book i really liked but like there were also parts when the main character gave me like fan fiction vibes like, i didn't really like her very much i didn't find her very no like, the main character is not likable her growth um i feel like she didn't really get to the growth part until uh when did she go to the like that like, party Never? Even that? I didn't feel like... But it, She didn't do any of the work to, like... <laughs> well, maybe we should give a, a brief description of the book. Oh, yeah. We should do like, the actual She's terrible, and we hate her, this 19-year-old. So, you know, I read character. this book, like, honestly, shortly after we talked about it. So, it's been, like, a month or two for me. So, I... And I have garbage memory. So, like, I tried to go back and be like, what happened in the plot? And I was actually really struggling, because I felt like it, a lot of these things were, like... And then she felt sad for a while and, like, not, like, plot points that I could track. And then she so, hated her mom for a while. A long time. So, if yeah, if you want to, if you have a plot summary in mind, hit me so with it. So, I 
have not taken notes on any of the books that we've covered. And I didn't really take notes while I was reading, but after we were reading, the day that we were supposed to record last week, but my stomach started hurting, so we had to cancel. Um, I sat down and I wrote down two post-it notes, one that says yay, exclamation point, and one that says nay, exclamation point, just so I could really quickly write some stuff down. And I'm going to use that as like a little framework for the plot summary. Please. I love it. Um, So we already talked about the whole YA thing, but I definitely wrote down Chapman because it was like, doesn't this remind you of your freshman year of college? Yes. Literally, exactly. I was in screenwriting classes. Like, it's exactly that. So only I didn't hate my mom. I have not. I have had a good relationship with my mom my whole life, luckily. Well, now your mom listens to this. You can't even say it if you don't. <laughs> I love my mother so much. Oh, my God. I can talk about my relationship with my mom. We'll get into it. But um, actually not anything like the relationship that either of these uh, protagonists had with their mother. We've got different stuff going on. Um, so anyways, it starts off with. Penny, who is our female protagonist in this book, and Penny is going off to college, and she just, like, hates her mom because her mom is, like, this party animal type, and Penny, I wrote down a description for her that reminded me a lot of how I felt as a freshman, but I wrote down the words, look at me, but don't look at me. (laughs) That's very accurate. It's just, like... I'm a freshman and I want everyone to realize how amazing I am, but you are not allowed to make eye contact with me. Yeah, like I need you to know how quirky and special I am without me showing you my quirks or my specialness because I'm shy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which again, all of us, uh, such a mood as to how we actually were. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if I was 19, I would have been like, I would have felt so seen. I'm like, yes, I am her and she is me, but I'm 32 and I'm like, Girl, it's enough now. It's enough. We're tired. I'm tired. <laughs> um, I'm too tired for this um, emotional headspace. So Penny goes off to college and then kind of like side plot is she's got this new roommate. And I actually really loved her roommates. I love the roommate too. The roommate and the friend. I thought they were so fun. Jude yeah. and Mallory. And I wrote them down in my yay category. Mallory was not a yay. The thing about Mallory that I put her in the gay column is, it's like when I was in college, I was the penny that needed a Mallory to really like push me out of my comfort zone, if that makes sense. Like Mallory is kind of a dick, but like if you're like a sarcastic, kind of like dry humored person, that's kind of a fun relationship to have where you can like riff off of someone that doesn't really like have a thin skin. She's like straight up racist though. When was she racist in the beginning? I forgot a lot of the beginning. Wasn't she racist? I read this in two parts, Julie. I don't remember the, <laughs> the before and the after. No, I'm pretty sure she's just saying the book right now because the book is going to make a lot of noise in it. The thing. If you say she's racist, then I take it back. I only like Jude. But then if, <laughs> but then if Jude, okay, so if Mallory, her friend, is racist, and then Jude, then wouldn't Jude be a racist apologist? What? <laughs> I mean, I think she even kind of, for a moment, is like, I'm sorry about her. Like, and there's moments of yuck in this, oh. for sure. Oh, yikes. Not, and, that part. you know, character yuck, not like book yuck, but like, All right, oh, we'll God, I'm it. never going to find it. I don't remember specifically what she even says, but yeah, I think she says a racist, and then um, she does a racism, and then, yeah, kind of like semi makes up for it later by being a little bit nicer, but not being unracist, like not re- un- not walking that part back, necessarily. Hmm. 
Well, it's Texas. What do you want? They're going to the <laughs> University of Texas, I think. No shade to people in Texas. Our best friend is in Texas, and she would be like, just because we're in Texas doesn't mean we're racist. No, she knows. <laughs> she knows how it is. Hey, Jamil, write us an email. How do you <laughs> feel about Texas? How do you feel about racism? A, recommend us a book to read, please. Okay. So what is that book with, like, it's called Fangirl, I think. Do you remember Fangirl? Julie. Yes. <laughs> By Rainbow Rowell or Roll. Yes, so she... I just unpacked all my books and I was reading Emergency Contact and I was thinking about fangirl. Because that's, I feel like that's a great example of the snarky, sarcastic kind of asshole friend who pulls you out of your shell instead of Mallory, who I feel like is more no, of a Mallory's foil. Mallory's kind of a dick. She... Again, she has her good moments, but she also has very, very bad ones. That's true. That's true. I feel like there's a lot more realism in this book in terms of the characters. Like none of the true. characters are particularly likable. They're a little more fleshed out in terms of real people yeah. having their their gross bits. So, anyways, that's our main character, Penny. She meets Sam, who is Jude's. I don't know what they what do they call him, uncle? Does she call him an uncle? They call him uncle. He's a, he's an uncle by like a weird, brief, distant marriage. So he's not like actually her blood relative in any way, and was only related to her by marriage for like a month and a half or something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a tongue in cheek term to call him her uncle correct that's that's how you would describe that so jude is kind of like the the linchpin on why penny ends up meeting sam and sam has his own host of traumas these are very traumatized their mothers like fucked them up these are not happy people so penny hates the mom her mom because she's like a wild child and sam hates his mom. I don't want to say hate, but, you know, they have a bad relationship because Sam's mom is, like, a destructive alcoholic, and she used to be, like, a formal, former beauty queen, and she, like, would open up credit cards in his name, and, like, oh, it was just terrible. She was and a so genuine was, mess, yeah. She was, like, an actual, like, him not liking her made perfect sense. Yeah, very destructive. And then I felt like Penny not liking her mom didn't make any sense. See, it didn't make sense to me until, like, the last chapter. And then I was like, you know what? I don't like you, Penny's mom. In the moment where they were supposed to be reconciling, I was like, now you've lost me. <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't hate her mom at any point throughout this. Oh, we'll talk about it because it's in there. <laughs> I wrote it in my nay column. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Continue so, with plot. Um, Penny is very much look at me, but don't look at me. Sam is going through a very interesting scenario where he has broken up with a very toxic relationship with... Um, I don't know her name. Some like I don't either. Stand Lorraine? up caricature. Yeah, it was Lorraine. Oh, is it? You're correct. Cool. Or yeah, because she goes by Lola on Instagram or whatever That's social right. media thing. And they're having a pregnancy scare after they broke up. So Sam is in the moment of I may be a father, but I'm very young. I think Sam is like 21, and Penny's like I don't know, 18, 19. 18? Yeah, like freshman college age. Um, which at that age, I feel like that's a pretty big gap conceptually when you're like 19 to look at someone who's 21 be like whoa that's like an older guy you know older hot guy and then he has his shit together even less than her so it's like realistically not an older hot guy at all i definitely wrote down trauma bonding yeah that's what that is because the whole book kind of felt to me like do you guys actually like each other i mean like they do but is your relationship built on anything other than trauma bonding and like quips but when you're 19, that feels like enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you know. Yeah, I wasn't dating at 19, but I remember watching all my friends dating at 19, and I was just like, this dude is not 
where it's at. No. <laughs> Which is fine, because that's the age you're supposed to be out there um, meeting your dudes like Sam. Sam is a soft boy baker. I love that about him. I can't lie. If I was 19 and someone had written a Sam character, I would have been like, this is my identity for the next year. Soft boy baker. Yeah, is like my name. Yeah. And honestly, the way that the they describe him kind of reminds me of my fiance. So, except not an alcoholic. No, the physical description, not the. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not, maybe not all it of it. Does, just like huh? the propensity to wear a lot of black and like floppy long hair and wear, like a lot of tattoos. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And he's a soft boy baker. He's yeah. not an alcoholic. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, so that's actually kind of good. I'm like, now I can talk about him all I want. And he does not hate his mother. He's definitely not going to get to episode whatever this is going to be. Oh, no, he loves his mother. They have a great relationship. It's my amma. She's a Korean, so. Oh, cute. I'm learning all sorts of Korean phrases to kind of sprinkle in to get brownie points. <laughs> not that I need them, because she loves me and I love her. Anyways. So um, Penny and Sam have this, like, cute little bantery moment. And then they don't connect for a while until Sam has a full-blown panic attack about the pregnancy because this Lorraine person is, like, a super flake. We find out later it's a hysterical pregnancy. But, like, Lorraine's, like, drinking and being very chaotic and very flaky because they were kind of alcoholics together in that lifestyle. And um, he has a full-blown panic attack on the streets. And Penny, her name is Penny, right? I'm not Yeah, saying. you're right. Okay, good. I, I don't want to flip the book over and double check. And I'm like, uh. yeah. So Penny, again, reminding me a lot of myself at 19, has a full backpack kit of like emergency supplies <laughs> in her bag and like helps him through this panic attack. Like, I'm going to drive her to the hospital. You know, oh, I have some like sugar and drink some water and calm down. And then Penny and Sam start this kind of, I like this part, like the cute little emergency contact kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Where they become each other's, the book is called Emergency Contact. They become each other's emergency contact. And then they start like a texting relationship. And I liked that part of the book quite a bit. Oh, yeah. All the dialogue, is it dialogue? Oh, whatever. All the written parts with them and their cute little conversations was excellent. It was like my favorite part of the book for sure. Oh, yeah. Agree. But the actual, like, stuff that happened was not my favorite part of the Yeah, it's like reliving your freshman year of college, and it's, like, nightmarish. It's not great. I went through a full depressive episode my first year of college, so this was, like, real rough to be like, oh, God. Again? With these people? Again? They're not even that cute. They're 19. (laughs) No offense. Okay, this is a personal opinion. I actually really thought the book was extraordinarily well-written like just turns a phrase and um i like the part where like when you go into penny's inner monologue and it's like a scenario has happened and it gives you like three options of what she's gonna do it kind of like pulls you out of the moment pulls you in the moment nicely and for a romance novel this kind of reads like it reads like a ya it doesn't read like um a real escape escapationary what escapist (laughs) Nope, it's escapationary from now on. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say dictionary with it for some reason. It's been gotta, a long day. You gotta <laughs> crack open your escapationary and <laughs> look it up. It doesn't read like escapist romance. No, not at all. It's more realistic than so that. That's what I was trying to say. Um, 
it's barely a romance. <laughs> it's like they they confess their love to each other on like the last page. And even then they don't confess their love. They're just like more than friends? Yeah. Let's fuck. No. Book they didn't over. Say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also there's no sex in this, so um that's fine. I don't mind that. I'm not really a big romance yeah. reader like for sex scenes. It's like, oh, it's part of it and that can be cool. And if it's not, like, okay, that's still a good book. Let's like, I don't know, I have points and I'm just going to, I'm going to say them and then I'm going to ask you what you think about them. Do it. Is that all the plot we want to talk about? Is there much more plot? It's like going through it. She's like a, she's a, oh my God, actually. <laughs> Speaking of Chapman, Chapman is a private school in Orange County if you're not from Southern California. Julie and I both went there for our freshman year. Um, so I often reference Chapman as a whole experience because Ch- Julie stayed there for four years. I left after one to go to community college and... It's like a microcosm of like art students, like liberal, rich art white students. A lot of the film school is very renowned. There's a lot of money there. The business school is very renowned. I went there for business. Julie went there for film. I left business school. Julie graduated with a film degree. Stupid. Okay. We had to do what we had to do. All right. Um, And so I wrote down Chapman literally just as its own point. Because Sam was like a wannabe film student who couldn't um, afford it and then later has his own reasons why he's choosing not to like sell his art to the school, man. But I actually agree with his reasoning because it's like it could get someone deported and that's like a very noble thing to do. You don't want your art to be at the expense of another person's life. Um, And then Penny, of course, is a writing major. (laughs) And the way that they go about life reminds me so much of just like freshmen at Chapman or just people at Chapman in those majors. Just so, so like (laughs) self-assured whether or not you have the skills to back that up. And you don't when you're 19. You flat out don't. No. So Julie, tell me your thoughts. Chapman, yay or nay? What do you think about these um, students? So I feel like I would have liked a lot of the like like my like that party they went to where she like actually had kind of like a a little college experience but it was like also enhanced and crazy and like a like elite hollywood party that was very interesting i I found that fascinating the professor her writing professor who like starts a conversation about like race and and whose job it is to write certain things like on the first day of class or whatever fascinating character i wanted tons more of her and i got very little of it yeah um I felt like, oh, the the character, the kid, the skateboarding kid who he's Bastion. filming. Bastian. I wrote Bastion, him down. Yeah. Excellent fucking character. Loved him. Wanted tons more of him. Yeah. They actually, should write I mean, a whole book about him. They could totally write a whole book about him. So I'd I read that book. Like, my biggest gripe about this, and again, I'm wondering if it has something to do with my memory um, being just garbage, but I feel like there's tons and tons of plot points that were like so exciting to me, and then none of them ever got resolved. Like yeah, all the ones feel- I just listed didn't get resolved. It did feel very much that, I don't know how to explain this. I feel like it's the experience of college where it's like a bunch of vignettes of experiences, but there's no end. And even like the relationship piece of it with Penny and Sam, like when they get together yeah. at the end, I was like, are they going to break up in a month? Because it just it doesn't feel incomplete. Yes, yeah. thank you. It felt like the first book of a series or something. But wouldn't you say that that is like being a freshman in college? No. <laughs> This is a book. I read it for the escapationary. I you want a what? full story beginning to end. I'm mad I've created escapationary. <laughs> I'll never live that down. Oh, well. Just add it to the list. 
I yeah, want, I agree. I want a, like, I don't need a three-act structure in exactly every... Like, I don't need it to be predictable necessarily, but, like, don't introduce, a f- like, an amazing plot point or a very intriguing or a mysterious or I'm going to tell you why I think this book is written this way. Tell me. Because I looked up a little bit about this because this okay. does not read, like, a romance novel that is escapationary. It just doesn't. <laughs> it reads, like... It's like a YA with a little bit of romance in it. And I looked up the author, and she used to work for, like, Vice, New York Times, GQ. Like, I feel like she's writing a literary book. Like, she's not writing cotton candy fluff type book. She's like, I want to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly of whatever, and this is the book that I'm going to write. I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, Vice News? I just felt like... If you're going to tell a story, tell the whole story. And, like, so many of these stories were set up beautifully and then never amounted to anything. I was really sad about the story about Bastian. Like, we're never going to know what happened to him. We're never going to know about the story, this robot story that she was writing, necessarily, how that all completed. We're never going to know What grade about... did she get? We'll never know. Nothing. We're not going <laughs> to... It is so much. And, like, maybe that's, like, oh, that's unimportant, so we don't have to include it. But, like, it... Like, her... I feel like there should have just been a resolution, no matter what it was. But even their relationship felt unresolved. It did, see? And the experiences with their mother. The mother thing, I'm actually okay with being unresolved, because I feel like that very much is like a relationship with a mother. Yeah, there are certain things where it's like, it feels thematically appropriate for it to not be resolved. But there's certain things where it's like, but I want it. And like, there's, I, I don't think of a reason, I can't think of a reason why I wouldn't get an ending to his documentary or to her thing. Or... Well, I think his documentary, the ending was that he wasn't going to submit it. My sa- The sad thought I have with this book, like at the end of it was, and maybe this is because of the way that we both went through college and did not do what we set out to do when we were freshmen. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did, but long way around and I'm not particularly, well, no, I'm very thrilled. I love my job. The end. Um, <laughs> but like the way that it ended, I was like, so his film career is going to go nowhere. And her writing career is probably going to go nowhere. And their relationship is probably going to go nowhere. Right? Are we just really sad? Are we hopeless people? <laughs> That's not like, is my, am I just not remembering endings to a lot of this? I felt like the mother scene had like a resolution for her. I feel like it didn't. I feel like the last scene with her mother unraveled the whole thing for me. What, what am I not remembering about that scene? All right. I will explain to you why. Please. Because, again, there's no plot, so we're just jumping around. Um, And I wrote it. I wrote, end with Penny's mom in the nay column. (laughs) So the entire time, like especially in the beginning of the book, I very much felt like Penny had this air of being a very ungrateful teenager and that, like, your mom is different than you and wants she wants to have a relationship with you. It's just not going to be in the way that you want it. And then as the book goes on, she starts to kind of reveal that she was like a parentified child because she was in a single mother household and her mother was so unreliable. Penny never grew up trusting her mother to take care of her as a mother would. And so it was very like frustrating to realize like, yeah, Penny's mom is really fun. She's the fun mom. But like when you scrape your knee or like your face, I think she had an injury where her face was all scarred up. And her first instinct as like an eight-year-old is not to go to her mother, but to go to a neighbor because she doesn't think, because her mom would cry and like make it about her rather than taking care of her wounded child. You know what I mean? And so in the end of the book, um, 
Penny's getting angrier and angrier with her mom, especially when she goes to her mom's like hospital and she's like, oh my God, my mom might be dead and I have all these unresolved feelings and I don't know how to deal with this. And it just turns out that her mom had eaten like too many um, weed brownies and was like fucked up and went to the hospital. And it was her birthday and Penny, I, I kind of, I don't relate to it personally because my parents are very the opposite of that. Um, they're very involved and we're balancing that out in a different way <laughs> for my adult life. Um, but like you really want to trust your parent to be a parent and Penny's mom was never like a parent parent. And at the end of the, so Penny's getting angrier and angrier and angrier at the end. You can tell like Penny has a really hard time expressing her anger. Um, she's very like repressed which I kind of get it when you've spent your whole life parenting yourself. You can't really like go up to your mom and be like, you kind of sucked at this. But she finally gets to do it at the end of the book and be like, hey, you were never the mom I needed you to be. And instead of like even apologizing or owning up to that even a little bit, Penny's mom is like, well, you were a hard child to raise. Imagine telling that to your small child. Like as an eight-year-old, you were so anxious, Penny. I didn't know what to do with you. Like we're still here, we're still alive. That just didn't feel like resolution to me at all. It just felt like you're never going to get her to ever own up for the mistakes that she made. She's just too much of a child um, as an adult. This is so interesting. I read this totally differently than you. Interesting. I, I saw this. I interpreted this all as because of like the bag full of emergency supplies and like her constant anxiety about everything, making everything really difficult. I thought Penny just had an anxiety disorder and her whole life she never thought her mom did well enough raising her, but her mom was doing fine. And so she, but she could, but like she could never calm down enough to like think that she was not in danger. So she always just thought she was in danger and that her mom was like, no, we made it. I raised you alone. We were fine the whole time. You were always so anxious about everything and I didn't know how to communicate with you. And like, obviously that makes, that's a problem and I should have. She should have, you know, been there for her in that way. But, like, I don't – I didn't see it as her being, like, neglectful. I saw it as her being, like, kind of free-spirited or whatever. But that Penny – Penny was living in, like, a prison of her mind the whole time. Because, like, to this day, she's so anxious she can barely function. I think I may disagree with that only because I was a very anxious child. I mean, same. But the thing <laughs> is – no, but the thing is I was a very anxious child. Like, I was the hypochondriac. My parents were – driven to within an inch of their mind with the number of times I would tell them I was sick. Mm -hmm. Like I broke my arm, I sprained my ankle, blah, 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 blah. Like one day after the other, it was like, something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with me. But the difference is I always felt like I could go to my parents and be like, I think something is wrong with me. And even if it turns out nothing is wrong with me, they're going to listen to me. They're not going to dismiss me out of hand. They're going to parent me and take care of me. I feel like Penny never had that because her mom was too busy going out partying all the time. Like Penny said that she was left alone at home without a babysitter as a kid, like a small oh, kid. And then Sam was like, even I had a blah, 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 blah. But Penny was like, no, I was just taking care of myself because, you know, like I just was. And I think she does also okay, have enough. like resentment towards her mother because I, there was, okay, so trigger warning for sexual assault. Um, if that's uncomfortable for anyone to listen to, please feel free to just skip ahead a little bit because we definitely don't want to trigger anyone. And I'm not going to get into details, but there was um, a memory that Penny had of being sexually assaulted by a tutor and her mother had hired the tutor and she never told her mother about that. And I think that also kind of contributes to this feeling of like, like, you brought this danger into my home, and then at the end of the day, I still feel like I couldn't even talk to you about it. 
because it was ugly and you can't handle ugly stuff in life. Like I have to take care of you even when I'm the one being hurt. I, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I just thought that even that, the whole like you can't handle this stuff, I thought that that was it, that she had just decided that. That her mom was like, mm. but you never came to me with this. How could I? Not that necessarily because that's a whole other plot point. But like you never, you know, like you assumed that I couldn't handle this, that I couldn't take care of you. But like I did, you know, I raised you. Which I love that we thought of this differently. And yeah. I think probably that what I imagine what the author intended is the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like it is with all things where mm-hmm. one person's recollection is not going to be 100% accurate. Except for and, Sam's. His is dark. Uh, Sam was correct. Yeah. There's not a but lot I mean, of gray when there's area. Two, when there's two people at odds in a situation and like they're remembering things a little bit differently and like probably you're right and that she had to raise herself a lot of the time but probably she vilified her mother a little bit more than she needed to like it's I agree you know, but I like that it's written in an ambiguous way in that regard like that is really interesting to me yeah um, I just didn't feel like it was that ambiguous to me I was like ooh, and at the end you just pulled the rug out from under me and she won't apologize for anything see I, in my mind I was like she's just being honest with her daughter like the way that her daughter was just honest with her interesting yeah Let's take this therapy. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I'm going to go to your therapy with you tonight, okay? Great. <laughs> Wendy's going to help me too. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. That's, that's fucking fascinating, though. Yeah. Hey, you know what? People out there in the universe, if you read Emergency Contact or have read Emergency Contact, tell us what you think, because I'm actually really curious if anyone's read this, what they thought about um, Penny's mom. Yeah. Are you Team Celeste or are you Team... Well, I'm definitely not Team Penny in any way, shape, or form, even though I was Team Well, no, that wasn't even an option. It was just going to be like, do you like the mom or do you not? Nobody's going to like Penny. (laughs) It's not that I dislike the mom. I just think that uh, she's very neglectful, but like in a very different way. Because I feel like Sam's mom is like neglectful in the obvious way. And I feel like Penny's mom is neglectful in the way that no one would believe you because she was there the whole time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like the anima thing that she wrote, that story about the... She, I actually really like that subplot of the book that she was writing. The book she was writing sounded fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'd read that book. I totally would. <laughs> I mean, I read this book too. Um, I probably wouldn't have finished this unless it was for the fact that we were reading it for a podcast. So it's weird because I remember I was like reading through it and I was like, I'm enjoying myself. But I think it was just because of the dialogue between those two characters and because of Jude was so great. And like all the side characters are, I loved the teacher. I loved that one friend that she met that she was like semi-dating kind of. Oh, he was great. He was great. I don't remember his name. Sorry. Um, I didn't write him down, so I don't either. Tons of characters in there that I really liked. And it was just like, but not the main one. And even Sam, I like, there were definitely moments where I liked him. Soft Baker boy. But then there were moments where I was like, okay, dude, get your shit together. Yeah. But the the thing is, they're so young that I don't even want to be like, get your shit together. I'm like, no, this is the time you're supposed to be like this. Maybe not to the extent of, like, having a pregnancy scare, because that's, like, condoms are important. <laughs> Use condoms, kids. Hashtag all the, all the 19-year-olds listening to this. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like that's never going to happen, because like, this is probably their favorite book, and they're going to feel know. we didn't like it, and then just be like, no. But you know what? In 10 years, come back to this. And then we might and be able to And tell us relate. that you really still, yeah, can But you know what the thing is? Like, I read Fangirl when I was... Well, not 19. I read Fangirl. I was, in, I was in my 20s. But we were the right age for it. Or yeah. We were and the we right were stage all, of our lives for we it. We were also like, we were like recovering Fangirls, you know, coming out of that like Harry Potter fandom, Lord of the Rings fandom, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean fandom. Yep. Where are you guys at? Did I have a They're lot of all... pirate themed things? Yes. 
Pirates of the Caribbean fandom. So oh my good. god, Will Turner. He was all over my locker in high school. We're all by now. <laughs> all the pirate kids are by now. We're all Sorry, pirates Trudy. now. <laughs> We're all pirates now. Um, I lost my. yeah, we were definitely the right age for that book. Yes, but I remember I was on a plane and I was like working at the time, and I was reading Fangirl on a plane and I was openly weeping next to somebody <laughs> on the plane. Yeah, that book made me cry too. But I feel like if I read it now, I don't know if it would resonate in quite the same way. Um, I feel like I read it, it when I was a little bit older and it still hit, but like, yeah, now it's probably been Maybe six it's or like seven more years. of the memory of what it would feel like to be that. I was never this self-destructive. I was Not, self-destructive yeah. in different ways. I was internally self-destructive. So my stomach don't work right no more. <laughs> and that's, yeah, don't you love it? I broke it. <laughs> you broke it. Hey, my brain broke it. To all the people out there that still think girl bossing is like a life path, I want to tell you, if you guys develop a disorder where your brain starts sending the incorrect signals to your body because of like, oh, my stomach hurts because I'm stressed. But then it's like ulcers, but you ignore it for so long that now you're like, oh, visceral hypersensitivity is a thing. It's really, really, really hard to fix that in your 30s. It's not cute in your 20s. It's definitely not cute in your 30s. You girl bossed too close to the sun, Truthy. I girl bossed too close to the sun. <laughs> girl boss. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag never again. Never again, girl boss. I say that as I did not work overtime every day this week. I know. You just admitted to that at the beginning of this. I have a problem. Again, that's why we're in therapy. We yes, talk about it true. a lot. All Anyways, the characters in this book needed therapy. Every single one of them. Hey, only one of them was getting it. Good job, Jude. Jude was in therapy, she huh? She was in therapy. And she talked about her therapist all the time. We love Jude. We can all grow into Jude. All right, I'm going to look through They my didn't, didn't deserve Jude at all. Really can I didn't. read you? Can I? I feel like I'm always the one reading quotes, and so hopefully that's not annoying. But like, can I read you the quote that made me feel feelings about this book? Yes, of course. Not from one of the main characters, of course. Is it from Jude? It's from or- Bastion. Oh yay! Um, Bastian. I don't know how to say his name. Um, so he's talking to this kid about his art that he does, his painting, um, and the kid says. What kind of question is that? It's fucking art, man. You don't choose it. It chooses you. If you waste that chance, your talent dies. And that's when you start dying along with it. And that one hit me in the face like a ton of bricks because I was like, oh, okay, I see you. That felt that brought me right back to the fangirl days of being like, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a filmmaker. I have a creative side at all. And definitely feeling like, oh, you know, some of that feels like it's kind of gone away. Maybe I've moved past my creative days and then feeling the mental health decline that kind of goes along with it at the same S-curve. And um, yeah, that one was really, made me feel bad, man. Yeah. In a good book way. Yes, I agree. I felt like Bastion was a character that was written like based on a real person. I, I hope so. Cause he felt like he was just ripped out of like the world and put on the page. Yeah, he was great. He was fantastic. I loved him so much. But I know exactly what you mean. And I know this is stupid. But again, for the five people out there, I'm talking to Julie, okay? So mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> Cover your ears. Cover God. your ears. This is private. I feel like us doing this podcast and like getting the chance to like read these books and kind of talk about them in a way that I feel like we haven't like we do it in book clubs, so that's not fair. That is another like creative outlet. But I feel like this is such a creative outlet for me that I haven't had in so long. Same. 
and that like i get this to do and <laughs> yeah and i think yeah. that's why a lot of like people who are like maladaptive daydreamers end up doing D and in their adulthood whoops where are you at <laughs> maladaptive where are you daydreamers at, hit us up are you mentally ill now yeah you are if you're not like how oh my gosh we were in the car the other day and i was talking with Brittany who is another friend of ours in the book club because those are the only friends I have, okay? <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, like, the types of people that don't have a constant stream of thought in their mind and it's just quiet sometimes. What, you mean without media blasting it out of their mind? Yeah, it's like people who don't, like, they don't think with words all the time. Like, there's not a constant stream of just, like, talking. Okay, well, I, I'm one of those people. I don't necessarily think in words all the time, but I always think, like, my brain is always racing, Yes. Yeah. No, but mine's always words. Mine's always like a person in there. There's a little person in there talking. <laughs> and she does, she's not even quiet. We hate in, her. <laughs> in the moments before I'm going to sleep, like I have to tell myself stories to go to sleep at night as an adult. Oh, yeah. Same. But there's people out there that are just like, occasionally it's just empty. I don't, I can't even. It wasn't even like that when I was a child. <laughs> no, not for a second. Not for a second. Again, why I think I can relate to Penny a little bit. Just that high racing level of anxiety all the time. And she said it in the end of the book, I think, where it's, um, she was talking to Sam. And I think she's something along the lines of, I don't take quotes. My notes are very shitty. But um, something along the lines of when she's talking to Sam, like that no one can keep up with me. Yeah. And I always felt like. I found the group of people that could keep up with me when I was 12 years old, and I just never let them go. Yeah. Don't. Not planning on it. (laughs) But that's the thing. I feel like in college, I do remember, like, going off to college and feeling like, wow, I have nothing in common with these people. But then I would always go back to that same group of, like, five people that I was friends with when I was 12, and I'm like, well, what's up, guys? I saw most of them yesterday. We went to a barn. It was amazing. Gentle Barn. Guys, if you're anywhere near Santa Clarita, do yourself a favor. Go to the Gentle Barn. I went there for my birthday. You can brush cows. You can hug them. You can feed horses. And you can pet an emu. I pet an emu. I've never thought that would happen in my life. And it was just, it was the, oh my God, Julie, you weren't there. I can tell you this. Billy, Sorry, you were frozen I, for a second, but Billy mentioned that he got he got uh, accosted by an emu. Dang it, I just wanted to say that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Say it. Tell I only got one text worth of details. So. Okay, so um, we were at the Gentle Barn, and they have an emu, and this emu starts to circle our friend Billy, who now listens to this podcast, and um, it's like doing this weird little dance thing and like getting in his neck and stuff, and there's like every... <laughs> Every animal at the Gentle Barn has, hand, has a handler that tells you their story and lets you know, like, how they choose to be interacted with. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, it was great. So you get to hear all of their really devastating stories because they're all um, rescues. And um, so this emu just all of a sudden, like, gets on the ground and starts doing, like, an emu mating dance. And the handler was like, and that's your sign to step away because that emu wants to mate with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's so much better than I could have imagined. Um, it would. It literally made my whole day. My year is going to be amazing because I saw that happen. Did Billy just sprint out of the enclosure? No, he just slowly walked away, and the emu just like lost interest. But for a second there, they were having a real romantic connection. That is so <laughs> funny. Oh, and there were like so many piggies. But then some of them are like 
a lot of them are actually GMO animals, and so they're like monstrously huge. And then you hear like the most sad stories. One of these pigs gets massages and acupuncture because it's like five times the size of a normal pig and has mobility issues. Anyways, that's not romantic or fun. Well, any more notes? I'm gonna go through. I talked about it being well written. I think there was just one last thing. Um, was the how they all kind of started off a little like shallow, a little mean spirited, a little underdeveloped, and then you do throughout the book get to see the main characters have a growth arc, which was. Although it wasn't completely satisfying because I feel like a lot of it was left unfinished, there was a sense of satisfaction. And then when Jude yells at Penny, I felt like that was a really good moment. I loved that. Yeah. I feel like Penny needed it. <laughs> she really did. She get her head out of her ass. Yeah. And Jude was fantastic. That was all very great. That was see that was like that kind of like tough love that you need to stop yeah. being an asshole thing. Yeah. And she's like, I would I'm a great friend. Yeah. If you had let me be a great friend, I would have been a great friend to you. And I'm just like, yeah, Penny. <laughs> and after that, she still was a great friend. She forgave yeah. her and was her friend. I mean, and Sam's too. It was just excellent. Does Penny deserve the forgiveness? Who knows? They're 19. Yeah. Right? At 19, There's... you kind of deserve a lot of forgiveness. Because your brain felt... isn't even fully developed yet. This book felt like an underdeveloped child brain. Which, again, is probably a testament to the author being effective at it yes. she was writing it from the point of view of two people with underdeveloped child brains exactly this is why i'm like the book was amazing but i didn't enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> it was great and i'm gonna i read it once and i'm only ever gonna read it once yeah it's probably gonna get you know donated and then someone who's obviously more age appropriate will be able to read it and probably will get a lot more out of it than me um but like hats off it was a really good book um let's do some ratings what's your um spicy rating i'm gonna give it a zero. Zero. it there's no sex in this it's a and there's only like one kiss even i want to say there's one kiss and then it kind of ends very abruptly there is again trigger warning of a sexual assault so if that is uncomfortable for you just so you know that's in there um, it is not described in hideous detail i want to say right if I no but i feel like it was very it uncomfortable was yeah, it, it was, was mentioned very... and like talked about in, at length so and... for sure not described graphically, but I felt like that. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to freak anyone out. No, but it was the emotion side of it. Yeah, was it made me uncomfortable. Bad, yeah. And I, you know, I wouldn't be triggered by something like that personally, but it made me uncomfortable as a reader. Yeah. Um, okay, sentiment rating or story rating. Since we're rating this as a romance novel, this is a romance novel podcast, and our rating is based off of the concept of love <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give this a pretty low rating for that scale i for me because i'm a 32 year old ass middle-aged lady like a three or a four i was gonna say four yeah yeah but as a ya like a young adult fiction book really well written super it great. would be higher if we weren't yeah if we weren't doing a romance novel podcast it'd be higher for yep. sure but I don't feel like they're going to ride off into the sunset. I feel like this is going to fall apart in a few months. Yeah. And so for that, it's low rated. Yep. Bummer. But fan mail. Yes. Are so, we going to read both or are we going to read one? Because we only have two, so we can parse them out for the next two. We're going to have to. But um, one, our first fan mailer, I don't. I think we can say the word Joe, right? We can say our friend Joe. I already said all of our friends' names like seven times. In True. This. 
So she sent us some meet cutes. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm wondering if we should parse those out even. Like maybe just pick one for today. Yeah. Maybe we can. She has sent us so many. Maybe. I want to read this one because it's her life partner and also I'm in it. <laughs> I'm going to read the Sable one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I'm just going to read it, read it, and then we can react as it goes. So Joe writes, this isn't a meet cute at all, but it is how I met my partner and the woman I'm going to wife up. When I first met my girl, who I worked with, by the way, she was only four to five months into her transition and hadn't come out to anyone we worked with. So I'm having lunch at work with our good friend Billy, and he mentioned something about Magic the Gathering, the card game. And as if by magic, some skinny little thing leans over and is like, are y'all talking about Magic the Gathering? And because I'm a dick, I roll my eyes and tune out from the conversation as I've got nothing to contribute. And I was a little miffed that this person had just interrupted lunch with Billy. They talk and eventually lunch is over. We all exchange names and departments and time goes on. Months go by and Billy and my girl end up on the same new team at work. So they eventually become better acquaintances. So she and I also become better acquaintances. Eventually we join Billy's D&D group, become even closer. And when she comes out to us as trans and eventually out at work, I'm there to cheer her on and beam fucking proudly over at her. So thrilled that she knows who she is and that I get to be a part of her life. We attend a wedding of two of our D&D friends. Um, and at the end of the night, Julie pulls me aside and asks, hey, you trying to hit that? <laughs> and That's gestures you, to Julie. My, There's your it's cameo. me. I'm a scumbag. And gestures to my not yet girlfriend, Sable. I deny, of course. How could she? The sanctity of our friendship, et cetera, et cetera. And then two months later, Sable and I go out with our coworkers for drinks after hours. At the end of the night, the two of us left. We head to the bathroom for one last pee before driving home. I'm drying my hands while I watch her finish finish washing hers and I can't help myself I lean in and act as if I'm going to kiss her grinning she pulls back blushing saying Joe knock it off you dork I laugh and say what any homoerotic villain would say coward how could she possibly resist me good lord it's so good right I also forget what a good writer all right Joe I mean, is. seriously but also just like a love story for the ages I so cute and also um, I've never gotten the chance to meet Sable in person. I'm very much looking forward to it, but she's always around during our book club. She's fantastic. F- floating around in the background and cracking yeah. jugs and having a good time. So I've only ever seen them in like the, we are a long-term <laughs> couple. Yeah. They're very cute domestic life. It's very sweet. Um, she also recommended a book in oh, this yeah. email. You want to, you want to consider making that our next book? I do, and I also want to Yay. read the part. Do you want to read the part? Or should I read no, the part? No, please, read it. And I'm sorry that we're not reading the whole email. Or should we read? No. No, it's quite long. We can just chunk it up. Okay. So she said in the midst of her email, also, also, <laughs> I'm almost done listening to The Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan, and I would love to recommend this for a read from a Goodreads review. Childhood friends to lovers trope, Regency romance, Chinese female and male leads born in Britain, Asian duke, Chinese food, sweet romantic scenes with a few seamy scenes. I'm sold. It's very cute and I'm having a blast with it. All of that. Sounds fantastic. Dope. Sorry. Oh my God. Audrey has approached. I'm sorry if you can hear a dog snuffling in my new house. I am unable to keep her out of where I'm recording. But she's so she was so shining good. her way into the she's room. She's been like, so good the whole time. She didn't bark once. She didn't. I'm shook. Maybe because she's close to me and her anxiety is low. But since I'm going off on um, travels and I'll be on planes and stuff for like the next week or two, 
I was thinking, and maybe we can talk about this when we're done recording. Maybe we can just read a couple. A couple of books? Yeah. For the holiday. When I come back, then we can record more than one. Oh, yeah. What's your other one that you want to read? I want to read a Nora Roberts book, dude. Hit me with it. You know I want to go her. back in time. I haven't picked it yet, but I'll ask you what kind of mood you're in for. Nora Roberts is my emotional support author from when I was 11 years old. So, Okay, well, definitely heard your dog there. <laughs> We'll cut she that did a out. big shake. Yes, yeah, she did. She got a new, She's trying to crawl into my lap. I think this is a sign to stop recording. The, I mean, we're about time anyway, but um, The Duke Who Didn't will be our next book. Thank you, Joe, for your recommendations and for your meet cute, which was very cute. Too and cute, you're welcome almost. for t- t- convincing you to fall in love with your life partner. You know what? Future wife. You know what? Jamil should write her meet cute because I introduced them. I want to be in one. <laughs> We're, we're so look at me, but don't look at me about this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we were at that age when I introduced them, too. Look That's at me. Right. Don't look at me, though. All right. Tell people where to find us again, because I forget already. Okay. So our email. Not all of them, but just in general. Okay. So our email is pod. Pod of convenience? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been months, guys. I've moved. My brain is literally mush. Our Gmail is pod of convenience at gmail.com and then our twitter tiktok and instagram are some variation of pod of con or pod of convenience so if you can't find one in the in the episode description i will start putting those things oh that's cute yeah let's do that that's a thing people do on podcasts right they have ads and mentions and links oh my god add us Get it in I've comments. linked our podcast in our TikTok account so you can click it and our Twitter. Wow. I haven't posted anything on Instagram yet. I'm too afraid of people on Instagram finding me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, the Duke Who Didn't next time and possibly another book. And we'll release a few more episodes. And contact us online. We'd love to hear from you guys. We have another another email that we can read next time and then we'll be out. So please give us more. Yeah, let us know you're out there. If this social media campaign is doing literally anything, I'd love to know. <laughs> if not, Fingers I'm giving crossed. up. I'm going to stop making. No, I'm never going to stop making videos. You're going to be stuck with me forever. Forever. Good luck getting rid of us. Anyway, we love you. We do love you. We love you a lot. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.